Welcome to Eastridge Today with Steve Jameson, lead pastor of Eastridge Church in Issaquah and West Seattle. We invite you to worship with us at eastridgetodayradio.com or in person every weekend. Today, we hear a powerful message. Now, here's Pastor Steve Jameson. So if you have your Bibles today, I want us to turn. We're going to take a, a look at the book of Colossians in, in chapter 2. And we're going we're to read uh, Colossians 2, 1 through 10. But I want to even just throw in a little bit of extra as you start to cruise over there. But in, the, in chapter 2, Paul is talking about a struggle. In fact, if you really were to look at the Scripture, you would find that in the closing uh, few verses of, of chapter 1, he's introducing the struggle that he is facing. And he he talks about how he has been even suffering. And we know that he was under house arrest in Rome. This is kind of uh, written to the church in Colossae at the same basic time frame that he had written to the church in Philippi. It's interesting because Paul was not the person who founded the church there in what is now known as modern day Turkey, but it was through his ministry in Ephesus that there were other leaders that went out and preached and established another church. And you know, this is an exciting thing for us to think about right here in our own time frame. What God could do in and through each and every one of us as we come together to serve the greatest thing. The greatest thing is people coming to Christ, not just a sporting event, not just even to a dinner or a gathering, but the thing that matters for all of eternity, that we would know Christ in us. You know what Paul says? The hope of glory, which is Christ in us. Isn't that a powerful thought? The greatest most powerful thing that we could ever be a part of is to know Jesus in our lives, the hope of glory in Christ Jesus. So let's take a look here together in, in Colossians chapter two, beginning with verse one. He says these words, I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those in Laodicea, which is a neighboring community, and for all those who have not met me personally. I think that's a key scripture I'm gonna come back to in just a moment. My purpose in this is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have, listen to this, the full riches of the complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you with fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So let's just stop there for a minute. The Apostle Paul is writing to this church and, and the leader of this church who, who had founded it had visited him like others had from Philippi and came to see him while he was under house arrest in Rome and brought to him the knowledge that there was a, a number of heresies or false teachings that were coming upon this young church in the culture in which they lived, and it was bringing great confusion and uncertainty to people. So the apostle Paul is gonna write this letter to this church, and what he's gonna really speak about in the book of Colossians is where we're gonna be the next few weeks, talking about the centrality of Jesus, that by him all things were made, and by him all things are held together. I love that because basically what it says to us is if our world starts to seem as if it's unraveling or coming apart, we can take note there is one who holds our world together. You know who it is? It's Jesus. 
And Paul is saying, I'm in a struggle. And I'm in a struggle because I want you and I want people that I have not even met yet to know with clarity who Jesus is. Not to be deceived by fine sounding arguments or traditions, but that they would know this mysterious mystery of eternal life that is found in Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? You know, you've been hearing from our team, our pastors today, the billboards of what's coming. You know, you're hearing about Jordan Smith. You know, it's, it's great. I, I love everything that our team is bringing and the things that are happening in our church. And, and there is indeed, I'll talk about it later, but a layering approach of, of what we want to do over the next 30 days. We want to believe God for a, an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit these next few days. And we want to, we want to believe that God's going to refresh our own hearts and our lives. And he's He's going to give us something that we can share with others with great faith, great confidence, and even great anointing. But you know, in order to see anything happen in our lives, we have to have a vision for it. Isn't that true? You know, nothing happens until you're reaching for it. Nothing happens until you are hungry for it, until you seek it. We're not going to be a great soul winning people changing our community until it is a passion in our lives that leads us into action. The apostle Paul, what is he saying here? I am in a great struggle. I had to take a look at this, you know, and he's, he's saying it paragraph after paragraph. I am, I am in a great struggle. You know, a lot of us, we're, we're like, you know, we're not really looking for that on our Christian resume. We want to be, you know, we want to be on top of things. We want God's blessing. But we need to understand that the kingdom of God advances through the faithfulness of God's people. And sometimes we're going to feel pressure. Isn't it true? Sometimes we're going we're gonna to feel as if we're under not only... Um, momentary pressure, but sometimes we can feel like we're under extreme pressure. Can you imagine Paul under house arrest, not knowing what the emperor would decide on any given day he could live or he could die? Talk about that. And then being a church planter and having gone out and, and started churches and the number one apostle, and now God is starting to unfold in him what um, he's writing to these churches. And these are letters that we now believe were divinely inspired by God that have meaning and power that they speak into our lives right now and they will till Christ returns. So this is an amazing thing. Through the pressure, through the struggle is coming the words that bring us life and bring us power. In other words, just as he said, the hope of glory, Christ inside of us. But today I want to ask you to take on an even greater passion like the apostle Paul did for people that he had not even yet met. I mean, a lot of times we have a, a, an interest or a, a passion to pray and to believe for our neighbors or our family. I want to pray and I want to believe and I want to ask you to join us that in even the next 30 days that we can reach out to people that we've not even met, that we could be used as a church, we could come together corporately and we could be more together than we could be alone, that we could really stake our, a, a place in the ground and say, God, would you move among us these next 30 days to bring faith into people's lives? How many believe that's the call on each of our lives? that we would be used by God, that we would even come together and we would operate as the body of Christ, not just a gathering of individuals, but individuals coming together to live and to be who Christ has shaped us to be his body, the hope of glory living in us. The apostle Paul, he talked about this struggle on behalf of others. Would you pray? Would you give? Would you sow? Would you participate? It makes a difference that we're together. I want to encourage you to set apart 30 days 
and pray and ask God, Lord, would you use me? Would you use me in a special way? Would you speak to me? Would you reveal things to me? Would you prompt me? Would you lead me? Would you do something new in my life over the course of these next 30 days that when we're done through this, even this Christmas season, where in our culture, in our community, there's a place of greater openness than there probably is any other month out of the year. We can't just let these days go by. We can't just, you know, go about our Christmas shopping and our football and our, our, our staff parties or friendships. But we'd be missing the things that is at the core of who we are, the core of, of what God is wanting to do in our lives. If we miss these days and don't purposely use them for the sake of someone else coming to know God. Could you pray with me for 30 days? Could you open your heart in a new way for 30 days? You know what the Apostle Paul says to the church? I love these words. He says, not only has he been in a struggle, not only is he doing it for people that he's not yet met, but look what he says here. In verse 2, he says, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, and that they may have full riches of complete understanding. So what is Paul saying? He's saying... I have purpose in what I'm doing. I'm on mission for the glory of God. I'm on mission to such a degree that my purpose day to day is that I could be a part of unfolding this amazing blessing, this amazing mystery of revealing who Jesus really is. Think about that. That had to happen first in his own life. It has to happen in our lives before we can have that same passion to touch someone else. I got to ask you this question. Are you waking up in the morning? Are you living your day with passion to be used by God? Are you living on purpose as a believer? Or are you just kind of meandering through your spiritual life, taking whatever comes your way? I want to just encourage you, the most dynamic, powerful experiences you will ever have in your life are helping lead someone to know Jesus and who he really is and to, and to be a part of just opening the curtain and unveiling the glory of God, the hope of glory, which is Christ inside of you. Nothing more powerful in all the world. But we've got to understand, God calls us to be on mission. He calls for us to live with purpose And that we would literally take to heart our role in building his work in such a day and such a time as this. And then Paul continues. And he talks about this great mystery that can be revealed. And then he talks about something else. He talks about don't let anybody cut in on you. Don't let anybody hinder you. Don't let anybody hold you back with these fine sounding arguments. Does that sound a little familiar today? with the diminishing of faith, the diminishing of Christ. I mean, it's in every place around us, isn't it? It's in our culture to diminish who the Lord, it's in our universities, it's all the way down in, you know, every area of education, it's in every area of our public sphere and influence. You know, my wife loves Christmas movies, so being a good husband, dove in to watch one with her. Some new movie, don't even remember what the name of it was. Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, brand new. I couldn't tell you that I even made it through the whole thing. Because when I was watching this new movie, new Christmas movie out there, I thought, this is amazing. And because I'm watching it and I'm seeing that the theme and the terminology of the movie is about redemption. It's about them going out and 
changing people's lives and turning people around. And I just thought, wow, a Christmas story without Christ. Redemption, no mention of Christ. Turning people's lives with no mention of the goodness of God. And I just thought, you know, I don't really have even mind space and time for all this. And I just pulled the ripcord. Sorry. Because I'm living on purpose. Yeah, I can take entertainment. That's true. I watched a football game last night. I'm all of that. But what I'm saying is we're living in a culture with fine-sounding arguments battling against faith, battling against Christianity, battling against the moral fabric and fiber that has built our lives. Isn't it true? And what Paul is saying in the Scripture is don't allow this to cut in on you. Don't allow this area of diminishing who Christ is to touch your life. And he says this to the believers. He says, I'm proud of you. I'm so thankful for you because you are standing, faith. You are standing firm in your faith. And then he goes on, he says this. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. In other words, he's stoking the fire of their heart. Grow deeper, grow stronger. And here's what he says. Because he goes, continue to live in him. Verse 7, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And I love this last part, overflowing with thankfulness. The first thing he talks about here is being rooted. Being rooted is interesting because what Paul is talking about here to the church, to the believers, is something that has already been invested in them, something that was already taken place. In other words, what he's saying is, you've laid down some roots, you have some stability. He's talking about you have a foundation to live your life. And then he says, and now you're being built up. It's kind of like building a building. You've got to dig down. You can always tell how high a building is going to go by looking how deep that the foundation is built. And what, what Paul is saying is, you've been rooted, you've been grounded, there's a foundation, and now you are being built up. And then he says this, you're being strengthened in the faith by which you were taught. So what he's telling us is the significance and the importance of being in this place of personal growth, this place of growing closer to God, doing what you're doing today, being in the house of the Lord, opening your heart, hearing the word, being around people of faith, where we can sharpen one another, we can encourage one another, we can stand with each other, we can pray, we can believe together. That's the power of the body of Christ. A foundation, growth, development in your life, growing stronger. And then the next part he says is you are overflowing with thankfulness and gratitude. Could you imagine what could happen in our community if we as a church family just said, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to allow the traditions of man. I'm not going to allow, we're going to enjoy the month. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy all the blessings. We're, we're not, in fact, what we're going to do is we're going to take it up a notch because we're not just going to have festivities or fun, but we're going to put the Christ the Christ of Christmas as the central theme, the central message, the driver of everything that we do. And we're going to pray together. We're going to ask God to even work in our own lives. And then we're going to be able to effectively minister to others with the hope of glory, which can be Christ inside of their lives. What an amazing thing. 
I'm going to say this one more time because Paul in these, in these couple of chapters is repeating this. It's not just your pastor up here repeating these things. It's the apostle Paul repeating them. So when he's repeating these things in a short amount of time, you have to know how important he's trying to emphasize what the battle was of that day. It was a battle against their mind and their heart that they would be uh, captured by the traditions and the philosophies of the people around them. How many believe that's a threat that we face today? And here's what he says, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. So what he's talking about is the same thing I'm, I'm speaking to you about. This place of wanting spirituality, this place of wanting uh, blessing in our lives, but just with the extraction of morals, with the extraction of accountability, with the extraction of faith having to be in there. And I just want to say this to you. You're not going to find the, the power of salvation without Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we take the Christ out of the message, we don't have a gospel. If we take Christ and redemption out of the story, there's nobody that in our culture that is going to be able to bring forgiveness of your sin, healing in your body, a touch upon your mind. Are you with me today? These are the gifts of heaven that come through this incredible mystery of Christ, the King of glory, coming out of heaven and walking upon the earth and literally being our redeemer, taking our sin, our sorrow, our judgment upon a cross. And on a third day, demonstrating his authority over all things by being resurrected from the dead, this becomes, by faith, the hope of glory inside of us. Christ living in us. When we have Christ in us, when we have Christ in us, we have everything. The world may have everything else on the surface, but it doesn't have the power to fulfill you or to bring you to a place of eternal life. Don't trade the trappings of the world for the glory of Christ inside of you. Our healer, our sustainer, the one that loves you inside and out, loves you through your hurts, your pain, your failures, your mistakes. When other people walk out on you, God will never walk out on you. But we have to understand the significance of a heart yielded and surrender to the Lord. You know, the hope of glory, Christ in you. Think about that. Think about the needs of our church, needs that surface every single week and we're praying with you about. Prayer requests come in. People who have loved ones who are struggling with sicknesses and, and illnesses. Some are in the hospital today. We're praying for them. We're believing for them. There's others that um, have all kinds of things happening in their lives, big decisions that need to be made, choices, and will we stay here? Will we move? Are we going to take this job? Some have lost jobs, and, and there's just disruption. There's so much disruption right now in our world, so much uncertainty in our world right now. 
But I want you to know in the midst of all of that, there's an anchor for your soul. And I want to just say to you, for those of you who will open your heart, I I just want you to know, be, be confident because you have a foundation. You are rooted. And even though there may be challenges and trials, the Lord is at work in you. And he is now not just uh, building your foundation, but now he's, he's, he's bringing forth your life and bearing the fruit. And by you being in the family of God and being in the house of the Lord, God desires to strengthen you in your walk. And he's looking that there may just be a decision in your heart to overflow with gratitude. You know, we talked last week about the significance of gratitude. When you walk with a heart of thanksgiving, when you walk with a heart of thankfulness for who you are, what's happened in your life, it changes everything. It changes how you see yourself. It changes how you see your present. It changes how you even see your future. That's why it's so significant and so important. So today, I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us. Would you go on a journey the next, let's just say 30 days. I know it's a little bit less than 30 days to Christmas, but let's just stretch it. Let's just say 30 days. What if we came together for 30 days with a special emphasis of praying, praying over each other's families, praying over opportunities? If you're a note taker, here's here's the thing that I would start with. Number one is prayer, because prayer is a foundation of, of laying the seeds for what God is going to do in us and through us. If we go out and try and do things without prayer, we are missing, uh, it, you know, we are missing uh, being fully equipped to even go out and get that job done. We need to lay it in the hands of God. Otherwise, we're no better than vain philosophies of men if we're not walking in faith and, and in partnership with God. So number one, let's bathe these days in prayer. Can I get an amen today? And you might say, what should we pray about? Well, okay, I'll tell you. What we should pray about are opportunities. Because here's what happens. If you will pray every single day for God to create an opportunity in front of you, you will start to look and wait and seek for those opportunities to open up, and you'll be stunned. Every single day, there will be an opportunity. There will just be an opportunity. You know, we've got touch cards. I've got one in my back pocket, armed and dangerous, anywhere I go, you know? From the dentist, you know what, boom. I talked to the dentist, you know, I talked to the staff when I go there, went there just a a few days ago. And you you know what happens when I go in there and I start talking to them about, hey, you know, church and different things. I find the people that I can invite and I also find how many people in there already know the Lord or are involved someplace in church. And I'm just like, yes and amen. This, hey, this office is moving in the right direction. And then, you know, I go to lunch or, you know, wherever. Talk to, to the waiter, waitress, hey, you know what? Hey, boom. You know, a lot of them see our faces because we're, we're in it. Just like you've got places you go, people know who you are. Listen, when you pop this out of your pocket, p- pull it out of your purse, your backpack, whatever, it's just going to tell them everything they need to know. But you're the key part because you're the warm, friendly person. And what you're saying is, you know what? This is really, hey, I want to share with you something this really important, made, made such a difference in my life. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're just taking some time to invite family and friends to be able to just experience some great things as we celebrate, really, what Christmas is all about. Boom. And then you could throw in things like, hey, there just happens to be this guy, Jordan Smith, that's going to come do a free concert. You're not going to have to lay down 50, 80, 100, you know. Man, there was a concert I heard about the other day. People are paying $1,000 a ticket. You can come for free. All right, so number one, what do we pray about? Opportunities to share, right? And God's gonna create the opportunity. That's gonna be amazing. But when you're praying, pray for a couple things. Pray for opportunities 
Secondly, pray for receptive hearts. Pray that, you know, here, here's the, the number one thing that keeps us from sharing our faith with people is the fear of rejection. The fear that we're gonna be perceived as cramming something down their throats that, that they're not interested in. Can I just say this to you? God has not given you the ministry of cramming down throats. God has given you the ministry of loving your neighbors, enjoying life, and having purpose. Just like the Apostle Paul, what does he say? I'm on mission. I'm on purpose. That everybody may come to know this amazing truth of who Jesus really is. Not this vain philosophy, not this garbage, the loss of common sense. I mean, Paul, don't you think Paul could just walk right in where we are today and do pretty good facing our cultural issues? Yeah, you better believe it. But what does he say? I'm living on purpose, living on purpose. I, I, have, I have purpose in my life. And, and he's under house arrest. And he says, I'm in a struggle, but my struggle has purpose. Let your struggle have purpose. The issues that you may be facing at work that people are talking about, people are stressed about, right? Hey, let me just share. Hey, and you know what? This could be just even the tool that leads to the next part is when they start divine, pray for divine appointments, pray to be led. And, you know, it'll be absolutely amazing. What you will find is that you're not going to be cramming things down people's throats, but you're going to find windows and opportunities in people's lives. And don't close the door for people. If there'll be a closed door, let them do it. You don't do it ahead of time for them. Because you may think, well, you know, you don't know my family or my circle of friends, and I've tried these guys, and it's, it's not gone very far. Listen, here's what we need to understand. Every human being, is a, is, a, is a human heart, has a human soul, and inside there is a place that belongs to God. Some call it a, a God-shaped vacuum. There's a place, and, you know, it's a place where the Holy Spirit calls out to humanity. And sometimes it's, it's, it's when a person, it, there, there's a phrase in church growth that we call receptive-responsive. And what that means is there are seasons of the soul, and what may have been a hard heart on one day can be an open heart the very next moment. It can be something that shakes their world. It can be the loss of a friendship. It could be, it could be the loss of a job. It could be so many different things. It could be the fear of what a doctor has to say. It can be all those things that take a heart that is rigid and hard on one day, and it becomes a soft, pliable heart the next day. So don't you close the door for them. You bring the open door and give an opportunity to be able to cut through the vain philosophies, the, the lack of common sense, and the garbage that's going on around us and allow the hope of glory to shine through. So pray for opportunities. Pray for receptive hearts. Just pray for those divine connections to come together in an amazing moment. I can stand here today and tell you about so many in my life. And to be honest with you, it's hard as a pastor because our days are spent ministering to people who already know the Lord. And so you kind of have to go out of your way to, to speak at every turn, every open door, take it, boom, boom. It shouldn't be any different for you. There's all kinds of opportunities around you every single day. But if you don't think about it, if you don't live on purpose, if you don't pray about it, you're not going to be in a, in a place to even be aware. You can be just passing right by opportunities. But if you pray and you seek the Holy Spirit will partner with you and you'll be amazed. Second thing to pray about, second thing is to just spend some personal time between you and the Lord. Because how do you best share the Lord is when you 
are overflowing with gratitude. You know, when you stop and think, can can you just stop and, and just remind yourself every now and then, what were you like? What was your life like before Christ came into your life? Can you, just, can you just stop every now and then and remind yourself? Because, you know, thank God you've been rooted. You've been grounded. What a great message from Pastor Steve. That's about all the time we have for today. But if you want to listen to the whole thing, you can visit us at EastridgeTodayRadio.com. And tune in next week for another installment of Eastridge Today. 